Welcome to Power for Victorious Living. We believe the gospel and the kingdom of God have real answers for every area of your life. Get ready to discover the answers you need and the power that can change your life. Each show, you will receive practical, biblical insight as you hear a clear, creative, and encouraging message to help you understand how the gospel has the power to help you live a victorious life. And now, here's your host, Wes Harden. Hey guys, welcome back. We are so excited to have you here with us today. We got a great message for you. And so we're currently in our faith series. And, um, you know, several weeks ago, the Lord spoke to me and said, Hey, I want you to teach faith. And so that's what we've been doing. So we're currently in our series, uh, faith series. It's called Release Your Faith because things happen when you do. And so just kind of want to do a quick recap. We talked about how faith and grace relate. Uh, you got to understand that. You how, we talked about how faith and hope relate to one another. We're also at some point uh, going to talk about how faith and love uh, relate to one another. Because if we're talking about faith, you got to hun- understand how all those things relate. And so then the, the last episode we talked about faith in reverse. We talked about how fear is faith in reverse. And so, you know, faith-filled words will put you over, but fear-filled words will defeat you. And so, you know, um, back, you know, several years ago, I was just sitting outside and complaining to the Lord about my life is this, my life isn't this, my life isn't that. And, and he, 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 you know, he corrected me and spoke some things to me. And he took me to Proverbs chapter six, verse two. And he says, Wes, and it says this, it says, you have been snared by the words of your mouth. That's Proverbs chapter six, verse two. And I encourage you to go look that up. But he said that, he said, that's, that's what I'm saying to you. You've been snared or caught up or trapped by the words of your mouth. He said, I've said in my word, everything that you need to say and be speaking over your life. So you can experience that because words are seeds, right? But you've been saying everything that's opposite and contrary of what my word says. I I say that you have healing. You've been talking sickness. I say that you have abundance and prosperity. You've been speaking like I say that you have victory and triumph you've been speaking defeat and so he said you got to get your words in agreement with my word and start speaking my words so you can see it manifest so he's basically was saying hey listen this your life is not my fault I've told you what to say. I've told you what to do. But if you don't do that, I'm not going to force you to. And you've been speaking things that are opposite. And because of that, there's power in your words. And so because of that, it's not just for the for the positive. It's also for the negative. So basically, you was cre- I was creating my own life. And so while I was corrected, I also was encouraged because I knew that, hey, listen, if I've spoken these things and created them because there's creative power in our mouth, if I've spoken these things through negative confession and stuff, then I can also create, you know, and speak positive and speak the word of God and, and let his create the creative power that's in his word and in our mouths, couple those things together and begin to speak his word and then begin to experience it. And that's what happened. I started getting intentional about, you know, speaking on, you know, what does God's word say about my finances, my, my health, you know, what does it say about my identity and who I am in Christ, my righteousness and, you know, all these other areas, you know, what, what, who he says I can, who he says I am and what he says I can do and my authority. I started getting intentional and speaking what God says about my life. And I started to see my life turn around. It's kind of like, but it didn't, it didn't happen all at once. Cause it's kind of like if you're trying to turn around a big ship, you know, it, it, you got a lot of momentum heading, heading in one direction. So it, it takes a little bit of time to get it that your, your, your mind renewed and get your mouth and your tongue turned around to where it's now heading the right direction. But 
if you don't give up and you continue to do that, I started seeing, you know, results in my life. I started seeing things change in my life. And so that's what we're talking about. So uh, today's title is uh, we're still in our faith series. So release your faith, learn how to release your faith. This is part five. And so we've talked about, you know, how faith and grace relate and how faith and hope relate. And we'll get to faith and faith and love and all these other things and some other stuff that relates to faith. But today I want to talk to you. I was actually going through my confessions every day. I have scriptures and I declare them over my life. And that started when the Lord spoke to me about Proverbs chapter 6, verse 2, when I was complaining to him about, you know, my life wasn't this, life wasn't that. He spoke this to me, this Proverbs chapter 6, verse 2. So I got intentional. And so every day I go through and, and, and speak these declarations over my life. And as I was going through it, I got to Mark chapter 11, verse 23, and the Lord spoke something to me. And he says, it's just, it's just four words. He says, um, faith as a tool. And so I just began to sit there and study and let him speak to me, begin to download some stuff. And so here's the thing. And he reminded me of something I heard Oral Roberts say. He said, uh, Oral Roberts said this. He said, we need to learn how to use our faith like a mechanic uses a tool. Listen to that. Oral Roberts said, we need to learn to use our faith like a mechanic uses a tool. All right. You need to be intentional with your faith. So here's the thing. How much time do we spend learning how to use our faith? You know, like a mechanic, they may go to a trade school and they learn how to use their their these tools in a specific way. They, they go and get training and learn how to use a tool and use it effectively and be specific and in, in, in intentional with how they use that tool. Well, doctors are no different. You know, they spend years learning how to use maybe the scalpel or other, you know, a stethoscope and all these other the instruments and stuff that's part of their craft. But they go through a process of learning how to be intentional to use that tool to get a specific result. And our faith is no different. So that was something that the Lord spoke to me. So today I want to talk to you about faith as a tool. All right. So use your faith like a mechanic or a doctor would use an instrument or a tool be intentional. Use your faith, and so we're going to talk about that. So you say, "How, Wes? How do how you know how do we use our faith like a tool?" Well, how does God use His how how does He use His faith? Okay, because if we if we're going to look at how to use our faith, let's look at how God He uses His faith and how Jesus uses His used His faith. So how does God use His faith? Well, here's the thing. Here's a key, and you need to write the, write this down. God released His faith in words. Go back to creation, Genesis. God said, let there be light, and, and it was. And God said, you know, let there be, you know, birds and, and trees and let the waters and all. And, so, and then he, so God spoke everything into existence. So here's the thing. Here's a key. God released his faith in words, okay? Write this down. God never does anything without saying it first, okay? So that's how God gets things done, gets things done, is he uses his faith like a master, you know, physician or doctor or like a master mechanic. He that they use their faith intentionally to get a desired result. Well, God God does that. He, and how does he do it? He releases his faith in his words. Okay? So let's go to Hebrews chapter cuz we always want everything we be, we say to be based on the word of God cuz the word it this doesn't have power because this is what Wes says. It has power because this is what the word of God says and that is truth. And so Jesus said you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Well, then everything we believe needs to be based on the Word of God. So if there's something in your life that you believe, you need to go to the Word and say, okay, I need to validate. God, what does your Word say about this? And really let the Holy Spirit as the, the guide and the teacher on the inside of you begin to show you, hey, this is what God says, this is what His Word says, and this is what truth is, because the truth will set you free. So Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3 says this, By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God, so that the th- so that things which were seen 
or things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. It says, By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. Well, what does he mean? You can't see a word, right? But God spoke and he created the world. That word frame there where it says that the worlds were framed, that word means in the Hebrew or in the Greek it means to complete or like you, you make something perfect. Or like you prepare something. So like a craftsman, when they're completing their work or they, they, they finish something, make it complete, or they're preparing something, that's what that word means. So it says that the worlds were created, framed, completed, or made perfect or prepared by the word of God. So God released his faith through words. So here's a key. God uses his faith intentionally like a tool by his words, by speaking. Well, if that's what God does, then we should imitate him. Right. Think about this. Ephesians chapter five, verse one tells us to imitate God as children imitate their parents. Right. It says, therefore, be in, uh, be Im- imitators of God as dear children. That's what Ephesians chapter five, verse one says. It says, therefore, be imitators of God as dear children. Well, children imitate their parents. Well, if God's our father because we're saved and born again, then we should imitate what what dad does. If dad does it, we should do it. And that's what Jesus did. Jesus did what he, what his father did. Well, what did God do? He released his faith through his words by speaking. Because that's what we're talking about, right? We're talking about how to release your faith so that because, you know, learn how to release your faith because things happen when you do. Well, what did God do? Let's imitate what him he did. Well, he he created the world and, and the universe and everything through speaking. And if that's how he created the world, then we need to do that. So here's the thing. Jesus imitated his father. Right, so we need to do the same. If Jesus did it, I think it's I think it, Jesus is perfect theology. So if Jesus did it, we need to do it. So here's the thing: Jesus understood that this he understood the spiritual law, and he released his faith in his words. So he saw hey, he saw God, you know, my Father released his faith in, in, in through his words, and then Jesus understood the same spiritual principle and and released his faith in his words and through his words. Okay, so here's the thing: Jesus understood. He taught and he operated in the faith principles of Mark chapter 11, verse 23, okay? And this is the verse, whenever I was going through it yesterday, the Lord spoke that word. He says, faith as a tool. And he began to show me, hey, listen, be intentional. You know, learn how to use your, your, your faith like a tool, intentionally to get specific, you know, get the desired result, you know, like a mechanic. He's not, if he needs to, you know take a bolt off. He's not going to use a screwdriver. He's not going to use a hammer. What's he going to do? He's probably going to get, you know, some sort of a ratchet or something like that to take it off. He's going to find out, okay, this is what I need to do. And he's going to get the specific tool for that, that situation. Well, so he's going to be intentional about it. Well, that's what we need to do is we need to find out how to use our faith specifically to get the desired results that the Bible says belong to us, these promises. Okay. So Mark chapter 11, verse 23, right? It says, Jesus said this, For assuredly I say to you, whosoever says to this mountain, that's key, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things which he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Okay, now here's the thing. Jesus said, you say to the mountain. Not saying to God. Jesus didn't pray to the God when he needed to raise, you know, resurrect somebody from the dead. Right? Let's give some examples because remember Jesus, he understood these, this principle. He taught this principle, and he operated in this principle. Well, let's look at some examples of how Jesus used his faiths intentionally like a tool 
and operate in this spiritual principle, this spiritual law that we're talking about of speaking. All right. Well, he he spoke to the wind and the sea. He 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 said what you know. He he said be still, peace be still. He spoke to that. So he he spoke to the word. Right. He released his faith by speaking that way. He spoke to demons, rebuking them, commanding them to come out. Right. He did that multiple times. He spoke to the fig tree. Uh, you know, as we're going to see later. He spoke to the to, to dead men like Lazarus and, and other people. He resurrected. He spoke, but he re, he he released his faith and was intentional to use his faith as a tool and released it specifically and intentionally to get the desired results. And that's that's so we see that he sets a precedence of hey, listen, this is how you do it. This is how you use your faith as a tool. So he understood it. He taught it. Right. And Mark, Mark chapter 11, verse 23, go read that. And then he operated in this. Well, if he did that, then that's how we and, and that's how he overcame the world. Then that's how we're going to overcome the world. So we got to understand these faith principles. So go to Mark chapter 11, verse 23 and read this, because he says, if whoever says to the mountain, right, most people are talking to God about their mountain instead of talking to their mountain about God. Right. You need to speak to the situation. And so let's let's think about this. Just like their natural laws that God designed, there are spiritual laws. Think about that. Just like there are natural laws that God designed, there are spiritual laws as well. Let me give you an example. So the natural laws that God himself created. Think about this. God created these natural laws. Gravity. God's the one that designed that, right? Electricity. The law of electricity. God's the one that created that. The law of lift. Like I'm, I have, I'm a pilot. So you know, I, we have a, we have our own, our own plane and stuff. And so we, you know, just general aviation, nothing fancy, but we, we have our own plane. So we, we understand that law of lift. Well, who created that law? God did. Well, think about this. Two thousand, you know, or let's say two thousand years ago, before electricity was invented, the laws of electricity were available, but they weren't operating in and enjoying that law. Right, these laws were here the moment God created the earth. Right, they were available to us. But Hosea chapter four verse six says, "For a lack of knowledge, people perish." Well, because they didn't understand two thousand years ago about electricity, they couldn't enjoy it. It was still there. The laws of how electricity operates was still there. Well, the law of lift was still there, but because they weren't aware of it, they couldn't enjoy it and walk in that. Right, and so then as they started to discover these laws. Then they can they can use these laws anytime they want. I can go flying anytime I want as long as I operate with the law. I can fly and overcome and supersede gravity anytime I need to as long as I operate in accordance with and and cooperate with the law of lift. Well, but here's the thing: if I go and I get in my plane and I sit at the end of the runway, I can sit there all day long making making noises like the engine and, and just sit there. And I can sit there making noises all day long. But if I don't cooperate with the law and get my plane up to 80 miles an hour to rotate and, and get into lift and pull back and, and get my plane off the ground, if I don't cooperate with that law, I'm not going to enjoy the benefits of that law. So I can sit there on the end of the runway all day long making, making runway noise or making engine noises. But unless I cooperate with that, See, I had to learn about the law of lift. I had to learn Bernoulli's principle. I had to learn, you know, all these other things. I had to learn this stuff. And as I learned it, you know what? I can go flying anytime I want. That law is a law. And a law always works. But if I don't cooperate with it, I can't benefit from it. Well, there are, just like there are natural laws, there are spiritual laws. And here's the thing. God created those natural laws, but he also created spiritual laws. You know, like with electricity. 
there are certain things that govern the law of electricity. You, copper is a conductor of electricity. You're not going to wire your house with wood. You're not going to wire it with rubber. There are certain things, and when you understand these things, you can make electricity work for you anytime you want. Right, the law of lift works here in America, just like it works in England and, and abroad, or like it would in Africa. Right, that law, because it is a law, it operates every time, and it operates anywhere for anybody that will learn it and put it to use and apply it. Where's the thing? Natural laws will work for whosoever will apply them and understand them, but so do spiritual laws. See, spiritual laws are the same, and if we will learn these spiritual laws, then we can benefit from them, and that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about a spiritual law that you have to speak, right? The spiritual law is you have what you say. Well, let's look at, so I mentioned there's some natural laws. Well, I'm going to give you some spiritual laws that God designed as well. So he does, he's the creator. He designed natural laws, but he also created these spiritual laws. But the thing is, most believers were ignorant of these spiritual laws, and because of that, we don't know how to benefit from them. Right? Just like 2,000 years ago, they didn't know the law of lift. They didn't know about the law of electricity. Well, it was there, but they were ignorant of it, so they couldn't benefit it. Well, just like now with Christians, there are certain spiritual laws that Christians are ignorant of, and if they will learn these laws, then they can benefit. They can, they can, they can learn them, and they can use these laws anytime, anywhere, and it'll work for anybody. Right, it, it it doesn't discriminate. Who it doesn't matter how tall you are, how, how tall you are, how short you are, how rich you are, how poor you are. It doesn't care if you're male or female. These laws will work for anybody if you will apply them, if you'll learn them, apply them, and use them. So we talked about spiritual laws. What are or natural laws? What are these spiritual laws? Well, here's a few. Speaking the law of speaking, right? The law of you have what you say. That is a spiritual law. Whether you want to believe it or not, that is a spiritual law. Right? Mark chapter 11, verse 23, Jesus told us about the spiritual law. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21 says that life and death are in the power of the tongue. Right? These, those are just a few scriptures. Go look them up. Those are just a few. I could give you tons of other scriptures, but those are just a few scriptures to establish. This is a spiritual law, the law of speaking. You've got to say something. You have to speak. The authority is in your mouth. Right? What's another spiritual law that God designed? Sowing, reaping. Right? Preachers didn't invent this. Paul didn't invent this, spirit, this spiritual principle. God himself is the one that created this spiritual principle, and if we will learn it, we can make it work for us. Just like a farmer, what's his answer? If he needs a harvest, he understands that in the natural, there is the law of sowing and reaping in the natural. Well, if he needs a harvest and he needs money and needs to feed his family, what does he do? He goes, he knows if I get seed, I plant it in good ground, I take care of the seed, I cultivate it as the seed grows and matures and keep out weeds and stuff. And if I tend to that seed as it grows and matures, eventually I will have a harvest. Well, that, that law is his answer to meet his needs. So just like that, in the spiritual world, God has created this sowing and reaping spiritual law that is our need. You may say, God, I, I, need, I need finances. Well, he gave you a law. And if you'll learn that law and put that law to use, that is how he meets your needs is through you learning the law, applying the law, and operating in that law. That's how he meets your needs, just like a farmer. If the farmer says, God, meet my needs, he's going to say, listen, go take a seed, plant it in the dirt, water it, take care of it, cultivate it, weed it, you know, let it grow up, and you do your part, and then at the end you're going to have corn or tomato or whatever that seed is, and that, that law of sowing and reaping in the natural is your answer. Well, here's the thing. In the spiritual world, God created the natural law of sowing and reaping, but there's also a spiritual law of sowing and reaping that we see in the Word of God. 
Jesus said that in Luke chapter 6, verse 38. He says, Give, and it shall be given. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give into your back to you into your bosom. Right? Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 says, God is not mocked, that whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. So that is a spiritual principle. Right? God is the one who designed that spiritual principle. But And if you will begin to understand that principle, then that is how God meets your needs so you can learn this law. And remember, think about it. A law always works anywhere, anytime, for anybody. Well, if we'll learn these laws, then we can, make, we can meet our needs through learning these laws that God has given us and operate in these laws. What's another law? The law of faith. Romans chapter 3, verse 27 says that there's, we have, there is the law of faith. Right. And so here's the thing. Faith is governed by law. Well, remember, I said a a law is universal. A law is constant. It's going to work anywhere, anytime. Like gravity doesn't work today and then not not work tomorrow. Like it's like, hey, it works on Wednesdays, but it doesn't work on Fridays. And, you know, like that. that's not how a law works. A law works everywhere and it's consistent. Well, these spiritual laws, the law of faith is a constant law that if you will learn it right, learn how to make it work for you, it will work for anybody. The law of faith is just like the law of gravity. And so we, we learned about gravity, and through learning about gravity, you know, people developed aqueducts to get water to you know, get transported to other people before there was plumbing and stuff. They, they had aqueducts back in Rome and other, other civilizations. They used the law of gravity for their benefit because they know they can always count on, hey, that law is going to work for us. Well, this law of faith, the law of sowing and reaping, the law of speaking, right? these laws always work. There's also the law of authority. You've got to understand authority. And so, you know, Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, and then verse 28, we get this law from there. Uh, Psalms chapter 115, verse 16 says, the, the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth he has given to mankind. All right? Psalms chapter 8, verses 4 through 6, right? It talks about how God created man, and then he crowned him with, with glory. Crowning, a crown means authority. In, in, the, in Genesis, God gave Adam authority. Well, here's the thing. Go back to part one of release your faith, and we talked about what is faith and why do we need faith. And and you'll understand this law of authority when you go back and listen to that. You'll understand why do we need faith. Well, it's about authority and legality. So go back and listen to that. That will really explain. I don't have time to explain that. But this one is what I'm trying to get you to, to, to hear and see. Listen, there are natural laws. Well, who created those? God. Well, there are also spiritual laws, and the Bible is the one that tells us there are spiritual laws. And if we'll learn these laws, man, we can, they, they, can, they can work for our lives. Thank you for listening to Power for Victorious Living. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And check out the website at PowerForVictoriousLiving.com. And remember, the gospel has the power to help you live a victorious life.